Welcome back to Rob Gill's Epic Financial Strategies Podcast. If you like what you're hearing and want to learn how to take action on your financial future, click the link in our bio to speak to us directly. To learn more about how you can achieve financial freedom, subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow Rob Gill all over social media. Financial freedom awaits. Rob, today I'd like to talk about changing your thinking, right? Yep. And changing your thinking specifically to reach your fullest potential. As somebody that has both mentored people and been a mentee, right? Um, You do a lot of coaching. Um, You've been coached by some of the greatest people. What is it? How does that mentorship work? And how does that help you fulfill and get to your greatest potential? Yeah, well, wow. There's a lot in there, Ed. It's not just one simple answer. But what I I can say, and let's just kind of play a little bit, um, it's been my experience that you can't change your thinking because your best thinking got to where you are right now. That's interesting. So if you think about it, um, you know, they say, the experts, that we have 60,000 thoughts a day, most of them repetitive. Um, Most of them are fight or flight mentality. Most of them are survival instincts. And if this is what's in our subconscious um, at all times, whether it's because of stuff we learned as a little kid or if it goes back to 10,000, you know, maybe a million years where we're worried about the saber-toothed tiger. The truth is our subconscious mind is always thinking thoughts that are scarce. Okay. Right? So how do you change your thinking? Like what? Right. Ed, change your thinking. <laughs> what are you going to do? Tell me how you change your thinking. <laughs> I, I have right? no idea. Yeah. So, so once you begin to learn that there is a map and there is a strategy and there is solutions... Uh, when I think of myself, when I'm at my, when momentum is the biggest with me, it's because I typically typically surround myself with people that are smarter than me. Um, meaning people that, I don't mean like smarter, like they have a higher IQ or anything like that. But if I'm looking to accomplish something in business and I haven't accomplished it yet, then I'm going to surround myself or be coached or, or uh, be held accountable by someone that's been there, done that, but it's proven. Remember... If you're going to surround yourself with somebody that tells you they did something, it's important for you out there to get the proof that they actually did it, right? So when we talk about changing your thinking, um, some of the things that I've learned along the way is ask myself a different question. Not why is this happening to me because my brain of Google is going to show me all the things in my life, why it happened over and over. But more like, hey, what can I learn from this experience? How do I hold myself accountable? Who should I surround myself that's been there, done that, proven winner. And by the way, how do I get in front of that person so they're willing to coach me, right? That's a whole right. other thing. Right. What I've learned is if you repeat these questions like a mantra in a mirror, tie it into your nervous system, change the tonality as you're asking the question. And I know this might sound silly, guys, gals, but the truth is if you do this, all of a sudden you'll figure out ways to get on the phone or talk to that person that you seek their coaching and guidance right. from. It, it sound, it's not like... So it's change your mind, yes, but it's not instantaneous. It's something that's a repeated process that you continue to feed your mind with different thoughts, right, that are outside of those normal conditioned thoughts that that we're stuck in right now. You bring up a great point. Um, And this is where we talk about neuroassociative conditioning, and we talk about, um, and I'm not a doctor, by the way, (laughs) but we talk about uh, pain-pleasure principle, very important. 
So I'm a sober man since July 1996. I haven't had a drink. Um, for seven years, I battled with drugs and alcohol, cocaine and alcohol. And I could never get sober. I would go two weeks, I'd go three weeks, I'd go a week. But eventually I would go out and drink. And then that would lead me to do cocaine. And I was a Friday to a Sunday kind of guy. Uh, could never keep a job. Uh, could never stay in a relationship. And definitely didn't pay my bills on time. But one day... And I had been praying to God that I got sober because I did at one point learn about, you know, what AA was, what NA was, and I would go in and out for like six or seven months. But one day there was a decision because the pain got so great. Mm. The change happened in one day, right? Yeah. The should became a must. And I offer to all you folks out there, when you live in the should world, right? Meaning you should do something. And as Tony Robbins says, you'll should all over yourself. <laughs> Once you learn to take a should long before it becomes a must, and this is where you get accountability partners, yeah. and this is where you get good mentors and coaches, what really begins to happen is the change can be instant. Now, you asked, the, uh, let, me, let me answer the question. Once you make that decision, right? Yes. You decide you cut off, right? You know, you burn the boats. Right. You got to go take over the island. Now, to Eddie's point, what you then do is create the strategies that elevate within that mm. new thought belief. And that yeah. is asking yourself the different questions. That is being being held accountable. That is having Sean Callagy style process mastery. Right. Influence mastery, self-mastery, how you show up. When you wake up and you're, you're already negative because you have all the negative thoughts and you got three emails that were negative, what are you going to do to change that momentum? Are you going to carry that into breakfast? Are you going to carry that into to lunchtime? Or are you going to make that change fast? And that's what you learn when you understand how right. to ask yourself a different question. The, the thing that I've found as I've gotten around people like you, people like Sean, is that it's recognizing those patterns within yourself now and the sooner you're able to recognize those patterns, because like you said, we had those 60,000 thoughts and most of them were on autopilot, yeah. right? These are thoughts and conditions that happen from years and years ago that we're automatically just thinking. And once we recognize that those patterns are there, that's when we're able to make those changes. Yeah. Um, you have mentioned something about getting in front of the right people, right? Yeah. Getting in front of those mentors and for, you and for me, Sean Callagy was one of those people. Yep. Now, the way you got in front of him was a lot different because you did all the all the hard work to get in front of him. Yeah. What was that like? How did you know that he was the right person for mm -hmm. you as a mentor? Because I think people out there might want to know, you know, how do I know that somebody's the right mentor for me? Yeah. So uh, another great question. And remember, I'm going to go back to the pain pleasure principle. It's yep. real important to understand that. So um, I had good success, financial success, success in 2008, 9, 10, and 11. Yep. And what I now know is what I did then was I stopped innovating. Um, I stopped scaling. I stopped building. And as a result of that, although I was staying still, at least that's what I thought, I was actually moving backwards and things were beginning to change around me. And at first I didn't recognize it. Um, and then something happened and, and then I was forced to make changes and, and what I had built over 10 years, it probably took six, 12 months and everybody went in a different direction. Oh. None of those folks are with me today, except for, uh, Kelly Cole, yeah. who happens to be my sister-in-law and my wife, of course. Um, but none of those folks are with me today 
DJ, who handles a lot of our underwriting, yeah. was at that point a college intern. Okay. So it was really in the beginning of the beginning, but people split different directions. Um, those same people, love you guys, major <laughs> shout out. You know, we had a good run. Um, that run, there's not a part two to that. However, I'm not saying you can't eat. I'm not saying you can't, you know, I wish you all success. But what we've created here, you know, that's going to stay with, with with the new team. But with that being said, um, because of things happening that were completely out of my control, right? That I could have had I handled it three, four years before that, it never would have happened. That's what I'm learning now. Okay. Um, I was in a lot of pain, so I I used to go when I was driving my car. I have a, an appointment 45 minutes away. I'd listen to Tony Robbins, watch him on YouTube. Yeah. There's a there's a there's sequence and then there's just listening to something. And when I listened to his videos, it would get me inspired for that day. I would go to my meeting and I would do good as an individual producer, but I wasn't building a business. I couldn't even conceive it. I couldn't even understand it. It was so far out of my realm. But I said, listen, maybe I should go to one of these Tony events. Um, because listen, he should get to know me. Right. I just read his book. He should. Right? He should. Yeah. But this is what I was thinking back then. <laughs> I read his book, Money Masters of the Game, and he talked about the importance of a fiduciary. Myself and Ed are not fiduciaries. Right. But being educated as a consumer public when it comes to your money and why it's important to understand the difference between who a fiduciary is and who a Series 7 is from an accredited investment standpoint. It was a great book, and I realized pretty fast that he was, and when you did further research, you'd realize he was on the board of this registered investment advisory and from his stage he would tell all the good people that were there why it's important to understand and get educated and then people at tony's event would sign up for this ria and of course tony would be paid yes right so it didn't take me long to figure that out when i read the book so that's when i said you know what let me go to his event um he's gonna meet the great rob gill and um, I'm going to be his partner, his partner on the insurance side. And then when I read the book, I realized how important it was for clients to not only have a fiduciary, yep. but also, you know, let's make sure the accountant, the estate attorney, and the trust officer are on the same page. Yeah. But I'm answering your question. Yeah. The question really came down to, um, you know, what was it about Sean? Yes. Right? Yes. Now, after I read Tony's book, I go to Tony's three, four-day uh, Unleashed a you know, UPW yep. in Newark, New Jersey. How to, many people in the room? 18,000. 18,000. UPW was in, it was in Prudential Center. Did you Center. know it was going to be 18,000? Um, uh, you know, I knew it was in the Prue Center. Yeah. And I had no idea it was going to be sold out the way it was. And then I realized as fast as I thought he was going to become my partner, I realized within seven minutes it wasn't happening. <laughs> right. And by the way, I have the videos of what I was walking in. I was documenting my journey. I had this whole thing figured out. So anyway, um, I'll show you those videos, by the way. So, um, but what, it was four days of great content. And all of the videos that I used to just listen to on YouTube, I really began to realize that he had a structure and a system. And it was a, it was a science of thinking. It was a technology of the mind. And I was blown away. Yeah. But I went by myself. I didn't have any teammates at that point. Um, about a month later, I was kind of back to where I was before I went to Tony. Right. And somebody said, hey, listen, come to this chiropractic event. Um, you know, you can meet some chiros and there's a good speaker. I get there and the speaker happens to be Sean Callagy. And he was just hitting on coaching language, coaching language, coaching language, 
but he was introduced as an attorney who just came off of two top 100 jury verdicts where his client won both 27 and 33 million respectively. And it was, um, you know, he, he was, what he had done was truly amazing and it wasn't a normal thing. And he didn't sound like an attorney and I didn't like attorneys <laughs> at that point. <laughs> right. Right. So, um, but after seeing him speak, I was blown away. And you're asking me, why did I think he was the guy? Because I was in so much pain. Okay. I needed help. And it was always hard. Any insurance agents that are out there, and, and I don't mean to offend GAs and sales managers, but any insurance agents that are out there right now listening, because by the way, you should be listening to everything I say if you want to increase your business. Same thing with fiduciaries if you want to get more appointments. But um, anyone out there listening, you know, it's hard for me to be trained by someone that doesn't know how to deliver what I'm delivering, right? Typically, sales managers, they provide good value with structure. Uh, they provide good value from an accountability perspective. Yeah. Um, GAs, you know, they give you good information, but they really don't show you how to create a formation agreement. That means to get a client to say yes. And when I saw Sean, I realized that I was dealing with someone that understood formation agreements. Yeah. And it's hard for me to follow somebody unless I know that they're the real deal. That makes sense. I was in a lot of pain. He was the real deal. Yeah. Spoke very good Tony Robbins language. Was introducing me to his formula at that point. I didn't realize it. And um, for the next six months after I met him, I called him, I want to say, 300 times. 300 times. Between voice messages, text messages, and... Um, I relentlessly followed him on Facebook. I didn't know he was legally blind. And I had no idea that his team around him <laughs> would read to him the messages. I didn't know that. So you were sending messages. You didn't know that he was getting them or that somebody no, no, I else was getting them. That somebody yeah. was reading those messages yeah. to him. Because he would respond on Facebook to some of the stuff I was saying. Yeah. Um, and Sean did not need Rob Gill in his life at all then. Um, and we, we talk about that often. And for me, um, my thought, and I had no idea he was going to be my mentor and coach, what I'm sharing with you folks right now. Um, but what I did know is he had something I wanted. He had a, a law firm. I didn't want a law firm, but he had a 120-person law firm. Um, he had a following that was incredible professionally. And whatever he was doing, I wanted to copy. Right. And that's, that's what it was. And after spending six months trying to get him on the phone, I then went to another one of his events, and, and the same guy that brought me to the first event walked him over. That's when I realized he couldn't see. Um, and even though he told me he was legally blind, but then I realized it. <laughs> and then he, uh, he said, yeah, I heard that we have to meet. And what had happened at that point is one of his folks at, at Calgary Law was trying to get me to bring doctors to one of his events, but I said I wouldn't do it until me and Sean spoke. So then Sean came to my office to do a little speech in front of the five-person epic group. You weren't there. You right. weren't even with us at right. that point. The five-person team that we had, I didn't let him know that one of the persons that was in there is a two-time Super Bowl champ. I won't mention his name. And when I introduced him to Sean as if it wasn't a big deal, because to us it really wasn't, Right. I was really creative. And I knew, hey, listen, imagine if you could have someone that had a following that won two Super Bowls you know, telling everyone how good Epic is, how good that could be. Sean right. thought that was amazing. Um, and from that day forward, he began to look at me differently. Um, 
and then he taught me for the next year his formula. But he became to me, Rob Gill, the living proof of exactly what Tony Robbins was teaching. Wow. He was a guy that was making, you know, I'm not going to get into his income, but he was making multiple millions a year. His law firm was generating tens of millions of year, a year in revenue, and he had yeah. 120 person law firm. So he was an example of someone in, but also that worked on his business, and he was the greatest mentor that anyone could have. That's an incredible story. That for me, that was my story. It's it's and an you incredible. You said, "Why did I know I was in yeah. a lot of pain?" Because you were in pain, you knew. I was in I was in a, I was in pain, and I knew what I was doing. If if that kept up, I would die. My business would die, and I would die. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It's a, you know, that's a powerful story. And for everybody out there that's looking for mentors, um, looking to find a coach right now, it's the beginning of the year, right? So everybody's kind of thinking about those things. And well, maybe you're not watching this in the beginning of the year, but at some point when you're watching this, if you feel that pain, you know, you're in pain, start to seek out those mentors, those people like Rob was talking about that you saw something in Sean that you wanted to be. He, he, he had something. There was a knowing. Yeah. And, I and, knew. And, and he was the access point to that knowledge that, that you wanted to have. Yes. Yes. Um, he was the living proof. And, you know, it's funny, Ed, because, you know, Sean and I, uh, he let me speak on his stage right. in front of doctors for the next 12 months after he came into my office. Right. And um, about um, a year and a half after that, very first time I met him, he introduced me to Chris Crone, right. right? Who and it's funny the way things work when you when you look back and connect the dots. Uh, myself, Chris, and Sean became owners of Epic, right? Yes. So exactly what I wanted to do with Tony, I actually did with Chris and Sean. And the dynamic between Chris and Sean here at Epic, one, the one relationship creates consistency, scalability. The other relationship creates explosive opportunities of growth. Yes. Can't have one without the other. And I didn't know that at the time, but the way things work, T-I-M-E, things I must earn, if you're true in your communication, yep. if you're true to the, to the business and the business is the greater good of all personalities, which is what we've been able to do, um, hold on real tight and enjoy the ride because it's going to be better than you ever anticipated. That's, in, that's incredible. And meeting... Chris and, and Sean and being involved in this, I feel very blessed in, in having all these mentors because I notice and I get coached on it a lot, these different patterns that come up for me and where I fall short and the ability to recognize that quicker uh, just makes all the difference in the world. Yeah. And just remember, even if you're recognizing those patterns quicker now than ever before. Yeah the um your circle of influence the people that been there done that recognize it even faster yes yeah you know what i mean and that's why they, yeah the constant coaching continues there's no graduation no, right no. there's it, just elevation absolutely you know and then for all you beautiful folks out there um let's say you do go on this path right you know eddie i'm not going to get into money right but you've had your greatest years the last two years yes financially right yes so there's a level of surviving success. Right? Absolutely. There's a level of, okay, um, some people who don't think they deserve it, they begin to sabotage. Tony talks about that early on in his career, he started sabotaging. Yes. He was making so much money, he felt like he wasn't worthy of it, so he'd be late for meetings. Mm. Um, he didn't eat right. Um, he would be grumpy, and he started to sabotage. <laughs> 
Um, other folks don't have to make that mistake, right? Um, I made that mistake on my first wave where I was talking about that I, I, I stopped innovating. I stopped building, right? right? So what does sabotage or surviving or not surviving success look like? It really comes down to decision-making. Um, are you still being coached? Um, you know, what yeah. kind of decisions are you making with your money? Um, are you still doing the little things that you did to get there to where you are right now? Because if you are, the exponential growth after surviving success becomes insane. Yeah. yeah. And then there's a new wave of success. Yes. The game never ends, folks. It is. It's, it's constant and never ending improvement, right? Cammy? Absolutely. Um, and, and that's what you see with so many top performers in sports. We see it all. And I just go to that example a lot is like, you know, major leaguers are taking ground balls and taking ground ball. And they've been doing that since they're little leaguers, right? Or yeah. T-ball guys. Um, so if they're doing that to become the greatest in their profession, why wouldn't we be doing the same for ourselves? And it doesn't have to be just business. I think what happens yeah. for for me, there was a lot of things that I cleaned up in my personal life yep. through this process and self-mastery. And in doing that, that translates into into business. Yeah, you're talking about the three-legged stool of yeah. spirituality, um, you know, physicality and mentality, yeah. right? So that three-legged stool is so important. And I think because you cleaned up certain things in your world that allowed you to be open and receptive to take a risk on something, which was in December, I'm sorry, March 2019, yep. where you wrote a check out of your own pocket for an event that was for three days and it was 10 people in a room, right. but it was the greatest event you were ever in. Yes, right, yeah, 100%. Had you had the same mindset the year before that, you probably would have said no. Yeah, yeah, it would right? have happened. Yeah, so, so we're just having a conversation, folks, but listen... It's so important you understand at the top of this, Eddie spoke about, okay, how do you change your thinking, the, the yeah. power of mentoring, right? Yes. You don't change your thinking on your own because your best thinking got you to where you are today, including, which is good, listening to this video because you're seeking information. Yes. Right? Yeah. So I, I think it's a continued journey for all of you. Rob and I were putting out content all the time on this channel. By subscribing to the channel, you're going to feed your mind more and better stuff, whether you're looking for help on your finances or in your personal life, mentorship, money mindset, all these yeah. different topics. It's great that you're out here looking for it. Go ahead and click that like button if you like this video. And just remember, romance without a finance is a nuisance. And Big Daddy Kane said that in 1989. <laughs> That's it for today with Rob Gill and the Epic Financial Strategies Podcast. Be sure to hop to iTunes or Spotify to subscribe and tune into all the podcasts. Also, be sure to follow the Rob Gill YouTube channel and Rob Gill social media channels. We'll see you on the next podcast.